Well, I want to uh, welcome those uh, online that are joining us this morning. My name is Greg Dix, and this is my wife, Vicki, and we are the executive directors of UCOUNT, which is an extension of our missions arm here at Timberline. It's a 100% volunteer-led organization with our mission is to fight global and local sex trafficking through prevention, awareness, and restoration initiatives. Over the past 17 years, we've been able to raise and donate $2.9 million to frontline organizations that help us accomplish with our global projects and our local initiatives. Human trafficking is also known as modern-day slavery, in which upwards of 50 million people are impacted today. It's a global crisis that is being driven by the fact that there is high reward with low risk. In fact, traffickers do this for the money. Experts forecast that it generates $150 billion in annual revenue with little chance of punishment. That is why it's the fastest growing crime in the world. And it happens in far off places. You'll hear about some of that today, but it also happens right here in Fort Collins and Northern Colorado. U-Count specifically focuses on sex trafficking where women, men, and children are sold for sex and held against their will through various forms of force, fraud, or coercion. Now you may ask yourself, how does this happen? It happens because there are people in this world that believe buying and selling people is okay. The people who sell, what we call traffickers, they don't fit any particular demographic. In fact, you would be surprised if you saw criminal lineups of those being charged with trafficking because they look like soccer moms. They look like grandpas. They look like brothers or boyfriends or businessmen or women. But they do have something in common, and that is they know how to identify and exploit a vulnerability in someone's life, something like homelessness, someone who's went through physical or spiritual or emotional abuse, joblessness, people with undocumented status or going through poverty or drug addiction. We know that there are people groups that are displaced by war that create those vulnerabilities, and there are even places in this world where it's culturally acceptable. Now, the people who buy people are those who think that buying someone like another piece of merchandise is okay. And we know that specifically with sex trafficking, there is a global epidemic happening with pornography. Statistics tell us in North America or U.S. alone that 69% of men and 40% of women look at pornography on a regular basis basis. One-third of all downloads on the internet are for pornography, okay? Those stats can be overwhelming, but I want to let you know that Timberline and U-Count are in the fight trying to make a difference, and I'm going to have Vicki tell you a little bit more about that. Yes, through U-Count, we support and partner with seven different organizations that are local as well as global, working in the areas of prevention, awareness or restoration or a combination of all those. And this past um, fall, I had the privilege of traveling to Southeast Asia to visit several sites that are ran by Project Rescue. And those girls that you saw in that video earlier singing were in a home that you count helped build. In fact, it was our very first project. 
And I was there in 2011 when we dedicated the home, and I met several of the girls who had lived in the brothel and were going to be living in this home. And so when I came back this last fall, I was amazed at the transformation in their lives. They were, I mean, they greeted us with just such confidence. And they sang that song, Mighty to Save. It wasn't just words to them. It was truth. They were singing it because they knew their God who had saved them. And we had so much fun hanging out with them. We sat around the table, and we giggled, and we laughed, and they told us stories, and they were so creative, and they painted pictures for us, and they told us all about their activities they were in, and their schoolwork, and some were taking the college exams. And, you know, it is through Project Rescue that their lives have been restored, and the trajectory of their lives have been changed forever. And it's not just theirs, but future generations. That's one example of how God is working far away in other areas. But I also want to tell you about an exciting partnership that we have near, right here in Fort Collins. So a couple years ago, we were meeting with the Fort Collins Police Services, and we were looking at the data, and we were saying, okay, we need to be doing more in this city. And they said, well, if you can get the funding, we will create a position that works full-time on child exploitation and human trafficking cases. And this past June, they hired investigator Laura Knutson for this role. And she is in our service today, and I would love it if you would just welcome her. So I have known Laura for a while, and I've seen her on different investigations, and so I knew they probably hired, they hired the most qualified person for this position. And let me just tell you real quick about her. She has served in the Fort Collins Police Department for almost 15 years. She's worked in the patrol, neighborhood enforcement team, and as a detective in the Crimes Against Persons Unit, and now as an investigator with the Cyber Crime Unit. And Laura, I just want to say thank you for stepping into this role. This is a hard role, and she sees so many things that we probably can't even fathom, and especially when it comes to our children. And I know that you wanted to be in this position. You felt like you wanted, or it was where you needed to be, and I just want to say thanks. And guys, I just want her to know that Timberline Church is behind her, supporting her, and I just want to take a moment to pray over her. So if you feel comfortable, you can raise your hands towards her while I just pray, but just join me. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for Fort Collins Police Services who said, let's be proactive and innovative and not let this exploitation take a foothold in our city. And Lord, we're grateful for Laura who said yes. You see the critical role that she will play in our city to dismantle this crime and bring about justice. Lord, would you give her wisdom, help her to be effective and efficient in this role? Lord, I just pray that she would lean into you for insight and discernment. Jesus, you also see all the evil that surrounds this issue, and so would you guard her heart and her mind, provide a covering over her. Would you protect her and her family, give her health. Jesus, I pray that you would have a renewed sense of compassion for the victims and the citizens in our community who are impacted by this crime. Lord, we will seek justice here on earth, but ultimately you will have the final say, and justice will prevail against human trafficking. Lord, I just ask that you bless Laura, just shower her with your love, and we pray all these things in your mighty name. Amen. Hey, let's give thanks to Laura.
Well, I'm excited because I have the privilege to introduce to you our guest speakers today. Jennifer and Jonathan Barrett serve as the executive director of Project Rescue and the CEO of Project Rescue Foundation. They live in Springfield, Missouri, where they lead Project Rescue with a unified dedication to seeing the hope of God restored in the survivors of sexual exploitation. Each year, Project Rescue has the opportunity to minister to hundreds of thousands of women and children around the world. And though the methods may change across cultures, the commitment to share the love of Jesus with survivors never wavers. They've been married since 2007, have two beautiful daughters, Gemma and Madison. They are dear friends of, I, of ours. So please, let's extend a Timberline welcome to Jennifer and Jonathan Barrett. Oh, thank you so much, Greg. Timberline Church, good morning. It is wonderful to be here with you today. Um, we're not obviously on the stage speaking every year, but we do make it a point to come out and visit y'all at least a couple times a year. And one of those visits tends to be around this spotlight weekend. And we travel all over the U.S. and the world, and I can tell you, no one does the anti-trafficking like you count does spotlight with the marketplace and with all you guys do to affect global and local. So you guys should be proud of that. The second reason that we come out is I always come out for a, a June bike ride with Rich and Becky Dixon. We do the Freedom Tour where we bike to help impact the lives of those that are affected by human trafficking. So I'm coming back this year, June 15th. I know they'll be out in the lobby, so sign up. Join with us to torture yourself through 60 or 100 miles or whatever you guys can do. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but our connection with Timberline is even more than just, you know, you guys connecting financially and you count and all that. Our families actually have a, a much deeper connection that goes back even before uh, when Jennifer and I were even born. And to give you some context, so Jennifer's parents, David and Beth, um, they used to double date with Derry and Bonnie. And yeah, yeah, and I found out they used to go to this super swanky posh place called Taco Bell where they had their double date. Um, and David, Jennifer's father, actually married Darian Bonnie. And so I think we've got a picture of that that we're going to throw up here. On the, look at that right there. <laughs> this is the rehearsal dinner. This is the Night rehearsal before. dinner. So if you've not deduced already, the shampoo model with the golden locks on the left, that is your pastor, Derry Northrup. <laughs> Um, in the middle, beautiful first lady, Bonnie Northrup, and to their right... Um, awkwardly holding on to Bonnie. <laughs> awkwardly holding Bonnie's, Bonnie's hand is uh, a former band member, member of the Beatles that became a pastor, David Grant. And I love this photo so much. I love it because neither Derry or Bonnie nor David would have had any idea that decades later, David and Beth would launch a work called Project Rescue. Derry and Bonnie would take a church called Timberline Church, and together mm -hmm. they would literally impact hundreds of thousands of lives for those that have been trafficked. So when I say, Timberline, that it is special for us to be here, those roots go so deep, and it is an honor and a joy for us to sit before you today. So because of our history, some of you might be so well aware of Project Rescue, but for those of you who might be new, we want to make sure that you understand the history and also 
just the story of what God is doing through Project Rescue, the ministry that we work with. So 27 years ago, my parents were working in Southern Asia, and they had a close friend and a colleague who was actually the director of a local teen challenge center um, in one of the cities in Southern Asia. And he felt like the Lord asked him to take his team to hold an outreach service in the center of one of the largest and most infamous red light districts in the world. This was unheard of at the time because the red light district was not anywhere where people of the church went. But this leader felt so strongly that the Lord had spoken that he took his team and they used an old-fashioned loudspeaker and they just set it up in the middle of the street and they boldly proclaimed the name of Jesus throughout the roads, buildings, and brothels of that district. At the end of that service, nearly 100 young women came forward and said to them, we want to serve this Jesus that you're speaking about, but we are not free to leave. We are slaves here. Could you take our daughters to a place of safety? They're growing up under our beds, in, our, in the brothels with us. If they stay here, they will be sold just like we were. So that night, <clears throat> that leader called my dad and said, Brother Grant, can we take 37 little girls? There was no plan, no advance notice. There was no strategy for anything at that point. The trafficking word wasn't even well known 27 years ago. Nobody really knew what this was that we were dealing with. But my dad was never good with details or plans anyway. He was just a man of such great faith. So he said, yes, without hesitation, we will take them. What followed was the quick rental of a small apartment, ladies in the local church just volunteering to help, and the mobilization of hundreds and then thousands of prayer partners like Timberline. And that small apartment in the center of this big city with 37 little girls became the very first Project Rescue Home of Hope. I was 12 when Project Rescue began. And I remember so vividly sitting on the floor of that little apartment when those young girls were brought in for the first time. And the shame and the horror that I saw on their faces, some of them were 12 just like me. It'll be in my memory forever. Because they had seen things and experienced things that at 12, I couldn't even begin to comprehend. And I remember all the grown-ups around me talking about hope. Hope, that's why we're doing this. And I remember honestly wondering, is there hope? Not just hope for rescue, I get it. We got them out, they're in a safe place, that's great. But after everything that they've been through and after everything they've experienced, is there really hope for full healing and restoration? Is there hope for a new life? But as time went on, God kept proving to us over and over again that he is their hope. Because I watched as young girls, traumatized and violated beyond belief, they found hope and they found healing in Jesus. I watched as they got to grow up in a safe and a loving home, receiving counseling, medical care, education, whatever it is they needed. And then I got to watch them choose to go to college if they wanted. They got to choose a career. Some of them started families. And I got to watch each one of them find a relationship with Jesus and become the women that God had created them to be. Today, Jonathan and I are raising two daughters of our own. And sometimes it can still feel really overwhelming, the horrors that we face every day. But today, when I come face to face with a woman who's been trafficked, abused, or exploited, whether that's in the brothels of Southern Asia, on the streets of Europe, or a church here in the US, I am better equipped to respond. Because over these past 27 years, I've seen what Jesus can do. 
and I can look her in the eye and without a doubt, without question, I can say there is hope, there is healing, and there is new life because I know the one who promises I am making all things new. And I can introduce her to him and I can say if anyone is in Christ, she is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Amen. So Project Rescue launches and so I... The next question is, well, how did it grow? This is before social media, but it was really just literal <clears throat> grassroots effort of David and Beth just traveling church to church and sharing what God was doing overseas. And it actually wasn't even called Project Rescue at the time. And I asked David, I said, when did Project Rescue get its name? And he said, well, we were forced to because as we were raising funds, he said, people started sending in checks to our office. And in the memo line, since we didn't have a name, they were just put for David Grant's prostitutes. And so, what I, think, you want. <laughs> I think David's desire to not be arrested led to the name Project Rescue. And so I think we all agreed that that was going to age better. So Project Rescue was the name. But what was amazing is as they went church to church and Timberline led the way, churches responded and they prayed and they gave and they prayed and they gave. And ministries were opening up in new cities and new countries and we look back and as Jennifer and I sit here today and we, we look at 1997, 27 years ago, what started off with 37 little girls, Project Rescue has now grown into 16 different countries. We have more than 30 safe homes and we did our annual report last year and we have determined that in the past 27 years, we've impacted more than half a million lives. It's amazing. Yeah. There is hope. Amen. Now, I, I first began working with Project Rescue about 15 years ago. I didn't intend to work there long. In fact, when I first started working, I told my father-in-law, I said, three things, three millennial demands. I said, I'm not doing this for more than a year. I'm not traveling overseas. And the big one is, I will not get up in front of churches and speak in front of people. <laughs> o for three, I'm O for three. <laughs> Kind of what I, almost exclusively what I do is all those three things. So young people, just don't say I'll never do X, Y, or Z. Just don't do that. But for me, it was God opened my heart. And I felt about six months into that first year that God said, this is what you're going to do. This is going to be your life's work. And then David gave me a project that would change my life. He said, John, our work is growing in Southern Asia. He said, we have a home called Sharon Stan, which means village of hope. There's 113 children in that home. That's your project. And so they became my project. And my goal for them as I was to raise funds for them, I was to make sure that the kids had their health needs taken care of, their school taken care of. And of course, he said, what's included is you need to go over there two or three times a year. So I did. So I went over there. And I, I will say, if praying and hearing God speak to me that this is what I was supposed to do, in my mind convinced me that this is what I was supposed to do. My heart was convinced when I traveled over and I met the women and children of Sharon Stan. Every time I would visit, we had fun. We'd play cricket, we'd play soccer. There was so much joy in the home. We'd sit down, we'd do church on Sundays where the kids would lead worship. It was a beautiful thing. But every time it came time to leave, it was really hard because it took hours because the kids wanted to take photos. Often they'd be like, brother, come take some silly photos with me. We and they would do this literally for hours on end. So we had to plan for it. <laughs> And I can honestly say, visiting that home, visiting that ministry became something that I so looked forward to, and I never could have imagined that. 
I learned the names of every single child. I learned what they wanted to be. I learned their hopes, their dreams, their fears. I learned their stories. Their stories are life-changing, not just for them, but when we share those stories, it moves people to action. And I want to share one of those stories with you today because this story has impacted my life in a significant way. It's about a young girl named Kavita, a beautiful young girl. Kavita was born in a brothel in Southern Asia. Her mother was extremely abusive towards her and would often say, Kavita, your only worth in this world is to be in prostitution and is to make money for us when you're of age. She said, your grandmother did it, I did it, one day you'll do it. This is generational. Since five years old, Kavita's job was to clean up in the brothel after her mother was with customers. And I remember sitting down with Kavita many years ago and she shared this story with me and she said, brother, when I was eight years old, I didn't want to live anymore. I said, I didn't want to live. She said, but at that time, I prayed a prayer to a God that I didn't even know existed. I said, Kavita, what does that even sound like? She said, I just prayed, God, whoever you are, wherever you are, if you are real, please send someone to help me. She said a couple weeks after she prayed that prayer, she heard voices outside the brothel. And when she walked outside, it was the newly launched Project Rescue Outreach Team, and they were talking to her mother for the very first time. And after months of convincing, Kavita's mother let Kavita come into our Sharon Stand safe home. And that's where I got to connect with Kavita. And I saw her over the years grow in every sense of the word, body, mind, spirit. Every year, it's like she would stand a little taller, eyes were a little brighter, and I could see that quiet confidence. She wasn't very out there, she wasn't outgoing, she was shy, but she had this contentment and confidence that she would say would come from her relationship with Jesus. Now, working with Project Rescue, I often get the question, and naturally so, what does Project Rescue do? What exactly overseas do you do? And typically, if I'm talking to you, I might say, hey, here are some of our initiatives. These are our core values. Or I might recite the mission statement. We exist to rescue and restore victims of sexual slavery through the love and power of our God. All good things. But if I could, I would show everybody the video that I'm about to show you. I want to give you some context. So before I was leaving one year, this is about six or seven years ago, I asked all the children to come together. And I want to ask them, I would always ask them, stand up, share with me something about school, friends. I just wanted them to get up, work on their English, work on talking in front of people. And I'll never forget the day that Kavita stood up, and this is what she had to say. Amen. I was three feet to Kavita's left, and my eyes were just filled with tears as she was sharing that because she communicated in two minutes exactly the mission of Project Rescue. They met my needs. I got food. I got clothing. I got a family. I got a roof over my head, and all those things are great, but the most important thing she says, and it was quick, she said, I learned that I am daughter. What she was saying there is, what the world has said I am, what my mother has said I am, that doesn't define me. My God defines me. And the mission of Project Rescue is that every man, woman, child would stand up and say, I am a son or I am a daughter of God. Project Rescue is committed to women like Kavita. We are committed to that rescue, to get them out. But our commitment extends so far past that initial physical rescue. For us, that is just the beginning. Our Project Rescue Ministry Director in Southern Asia says it best when he says, we can rescue a woman or child from the brothel, 
feed her, clothe her, and educate her. But if we fail to introduce her to the God who created her, the rescue is incomplete. We have done her a disservice. Social justice is a big topic in our world today, and for good reason. We all need to be involved. But Project Rescue will never be just a social justice organization. Our goal is to see a world where all are free from sexual exploitation, yes, but living as fully empowered daughters and sons of God. After 27 years, there are so many stories like Kavita's that we could share with you, and it is really the honor of our lives that we get to stand up here and share with you that God's not running out of miracles anytime soon. If we are faithful, He just keeps showing up and changing lives. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. That promise is true today. And Timberline, I want you to know, I want you to hear that yes, that promise is true for trafficked and exploited women around the world, but it's just as true for you and for me in this room today. No matter how you've come into this room today, no matter the past that you carry with you, the shame that you carry with you, the story that is a part of your life that you might think is just too horrible to even talk about, our God is great enough to rescue you, to restore you completely, and to use your story and redeem it for his good and his glory. So God is hope for trafficked women everywhere. We want you to know that, but he is also hope in this room for us today. As Jennifer said, we're honored to step into the leadership of Project Rescue in this season. And as we've individually and together felt called, we are abundantly clear God for this season has called us to this ministry and to give our lives towards this. And with that, what's exciting is God's putting dreams and visions into our heart for this next season. And so one of the first things that we know God's doing is he's opening up new doors of opportunity for Project Rescue. With 27 years of experience, we know that we have the ability to impact more. So in the last 18 months alone, Project Rescue has now moved into five new countries, including Ivory Coast Africa, Iraq, Bangladesh, Honduras, and Ecuador. And second, and this is a passion of mine, we want to see sustainability, financial sustainability created within every context, all the 16 countries that we work. So we are working together to launch for-profit entities that will be the life-sustaining income for Project Rescue Ministries. We're doing that for, with a, a for-profit school that we're going to launch, a for-profit call center. We're also investing in real estate that is income producing. And of course, that, with all that UCount does with their sales, Project Rescue is going to move to an era of sustainability where we can now invest and reallocate in what we do best, which is to launch new ministries in new locations to impact more lives. And lastly, it's so beautiful for us in this season to be able to look back for 27 years and see the first group of young girls that were rescued now have grown up and are becoming rescuers on their own. So Kavita recently just shared with us that it's her dream to start another Project Rescue site, and it's her passion to work with young girls that came out of the same background that she came out of. And for us, it's just such a, uh, such a belief of ours that anyone who has experienced freedom in Christ is we, are, we have the privilege, it's a duty, but it is a privilege to advocate and to work for the freedom of those still in bondage. 
So I've experienced freedom. You guys have experienced freedom. It is our privilege to stand up and stand in the gap and advocate for those in sexual exploitation. Timberline, your, this church has always been so strong, missions-minded, and missions-giving, and we're grateful. So this is not news to you. But God has a part for each of us to play. It's not just Project Rescue. It's not just you count and Greg and Vicki. It is each one of us. God is calling us to engage in this battle. So I want you to ask yourself today, and I want you to ask the Lord to speak to you. What does he want you to do? It could be giving. It could be praying. It could be going. I don't know. It's going to look different for all of us. But we are all called to do something. So as you leave today, just open your heart, open your ears to the Holy Spirit. What is he tugging on your heart to do? How are you going to get involved so that every man, woman, and child in exploitation around the world can know their true identity as a daughter or a son of God? I'd like to invite Pastor Derry to come up, and he's going to pray with us for a moment. And Timberline, thank you yes, so much just for all. allowing us to be with you today and to share the heart of Project Rescue and what it is that we believe that God wants us to do together. Wow. You know, for me, uh, just being here this weekend and having you guys here, it's, it's so special. Um, you know, what we're seeing is a season of multiplication. And, and I mean that. There's, there's a real thing that happens here. When David and Beth launched this and... Bonnie and I were, you know, we go way back. I remember when Jennifer was born. Mm-hmm. And that's multiplication. When now they have accepted that mantle and you see kids who grew up in a brothel who were rescued and now they're going to lead a Project Rescue Center, that's the multiplication. That's the fruit tree that uh, Kavita was talking about where we planted a tree as a church and it started to grow apples. And a tree doesn't just grow one apple, does it? and it grows many, and then more trees. And that's the season we're in right now. So I want us to pray for these guys. I'm not sure that any of us fully understand the depth of what the gates of hell look like. I've been in some of these places. I've, I, it's, like, it's like the gates of hell are staring you down when you look into these brothels and the eyes of these people. It's evil, it's dangerous, and we really need to pray. Lord, We are so moved by these stories. And it's not just compassion or empathy. It's, it's something divine of the spirit in us that is irritated, angry that this is happening in our world. But you have a plan. And there is hope. God, we know that you're going to do the impossible. And we pray over Jennifer, over Jonathan, over Greg and Vicki and Lisa. We pray, Lord, for those volunteers right now that are out in that mall area selling products, who work at that warehouse, who, who are so diligent. God, for all the workers that are trying to stop this horrible injustice, we pray grace and protection. Be with this couple. Anoint them. Protect them. Give them wisdom and discernment as they plow into places like Iraq. Oh God, how would you open a door there? But you have, and we say thank you in your name. Amen. 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 Let's say thanks one more time to Jennifer and Jonathan. (laughs) We sure love you guys. Thank you so much. Bless you.
Oh, man. Wow. Here's what we're going to do. So four times a year, if you're new to Timberline, you really need to hear this. We don't really pass the plates anymore. We kind of, COVID kind of took that away. And yet we, all of our giving is online. Thank you for your faithfulness, as Greg said earlier. But four times a year, we, we actually do pass the plates. And we're going to do that today. All of these four times are around missions. And hear me carefully. Timberline doesn't benefit. We don't keep any of this money for overhead or administration or all the things that you hear about. Every penny of this is going to go to the Ministry of Project Rescue, You Count, and the things that you've heard about today, every penny. And I want you to really give out of joy and give from your heart. One of the things that I really am strong in is I do not like guilt giving. I've been around too many churches that practically pull your teeth out and twist your arm and you know, make you feel horrible if you don't like sell a house and give all the money. I don't, that's not what we want. Some of you are trying to figure out how to buy groceries next week. You're not, you're not going to be able to give a, a sufficient amount of money to do this. You're, you're in that place. But you can pray and you can take that earnestly. You can take, take some, something home and, and literally pray every day. Some of you are in business. Some of you have the best job in these communities in northern Colorado. Some of you have been so blessed financially. And I just say, what is sacrificial giving for you? Bonnie and I discuss, discussed this this week. We gave yesterday, and, and we talked about that, and we agreed together. And I just, I invite you into giving with joy. We're not going to take money from a grump. <laughs> Give with joy. And I want you to walk out of here saying, I am so glad I get to invest in that. Because it's really not giving, it's investing. And the ROI on that is better than anything you're ever going to get in any business in the whole world. Amen? It's true. So ushers come, and uh, we're going to receive this. This is important. The window is open for the next 30 days. Some of you don't even have, I don't take a checkbook with me anymore. I don't even have much cash in my wallet. How many of you actually have a checkbook with you? Let me just see your hand. Okay, you're the ones we need to count on today. Um, we, <laughs> just kidding. But, but so, so if you go to the website, for 30 days, you're going to see a you count banner. That, and when you go to giving, that's going to pop up. And you can give directly uh, in this offering. So don't feel like it has to happen today. I need to run out to the car or go to the bank. No, take the next 30 days. Pray about it. Think about it. But if you can give today, obviously you can give in this offering. So ushers, go ahead and receive that. You guys, thank you for giving. Lisa Christofferson, come on up here. She's been a part of this from the beginning. She is the shopper among us. She handles the products and marketplace. These products are made by the girls that have come out of these brothels. And we've helped train them. Tell us about it. Yes, it is so amazing to hear the story of Project Rescue and how it began and how we have been a part of that here. Our church community has been a huge part of it. When we heard Beth Grant from Project Rescue share like 17 years ago that some of the women that are coming out of the situations are wanting a new life and so they're making new products, I immediately knew my calling and that was to shop. And so obviously there's a few more of you like me out there because we've done quite a good job over the years buying products and giving that opportunity. You know, a couple years ago, we, were, we had the opportunity in Europe to be in one of the red light districts and share with individuals that were still caught in slavery 
an opportunity to get out by giving them a water bottle that had a phone number on it. And a lot of the individuals that we would hand that water bottle to would look at us and say, but will you give us a job? And I knew right then it was economic empowerment, one way we can help fight human trafficking. So we came back, continued to support the on-ground uh, vocational units over there and actually even started working here in the United States. Our vocational uh, empowerment isn't just about making product and sales. It's actually a safe working environment where the individuals are going through a healing process and becoming somebody new and working through suffering and working through the perseverance that they've been given and given skills and training and opportunity and hope and we know where that leads. So we're, we love being a part of them. We wanna follow Project Rescue wherever they go, continue to buy and also continue to support our local initiatives here. We have, as Greg mentioned, we've raised $2.9 million with UCOM from the beginning, but we've also, in addition, sold over a million dollars of product. That's amazing, isn't it? So you have opportunity right now to continue that. We're gonna keep moving forward. We have a lot of great new products. We actually have a local uh, vocational unit that's making spa line products, and we've been listening over the years. A lot of complaints about the men not having products. So we have developed a men's beard balm, and for those no-shave Novembers that are still hanging on tight, come see us in the back. We can sell you some beard balm. There's other opportunities to fight human trafficking. You heard about the Freedom Tour and how every mile counts. And you also have the opportunity today to learn more because we are hosting the movie Sound of Freedom with what I just heard, Mexicali. So you're wanting to sign up. You can find the QR code in the back, sign up for the movie. It's one way that trafficking is happening here uh, around the world. But we're gonna also talk about after the movie other ways that trafficking is happening. So lots of ways to fight. Thank you, Derry. Oh. Thank you, Timberline. Yep, yep. Thanks, Lisa. So good. Yeah. I think my wife is responsible for about $10,000 worth of that product. Hey, one last thing. Uh, Summit starts in just a few minutes at 1245. If you're new to Timberline, my wife Bonnie and I teach a class once a quarter that welcomes all of you who are new. It just We just do it on a Sunday, and we feed you lunch. It'll be pizza, I think, and it's in the South Auditorium. So if you haven't signed up, it doesn't matter. We'll cover your kids up to fifth grade, or and, and then you, you eat with us, and you'll meet some of our pastors, directors. Bonnie and I will take you into another room, and we'll have a about a 45-minute to an hour discussion and kind of get to know each other and welcome you to Timberline. So if you can do that, come on back and uh, have lunch with us and let us get to know you a little bit. Guys, I want you to just sing this song from your heart and make a declaration with these words before we get out of here today. Would you stand if you're able and let's say these words together. Shout Jesus from the mountains Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my
would like to have our prayer team come right now. And let me say one very important thing before we walk out of here. Hear my heart in this. If you're in this room today and you feel like you're being pushed into a situation that could end up in trafficking, we invite you to come up here and talk to us. We have trained people who are ready to talk to you about it. If you're caught in pornography, these statistics are scary. We want to help you. Church has never been a place where you should hide your addictions. It's the place you bring them. And let us help you. It's, I know it's embarrassing. I know it's humiliating. But when will you start? When will you be free? So we're prepared today to offer you all, all we have to help you. Just know that. It's really in our heart. And they're going to be up here to talk with you have the courage to do that. Otherwise, we're going to go do some shopping out there. Let love live. Say it with me. Here we go. Let love live. <laughs> Let's go shopping, everybody. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Love you tons.